Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, speaker, and co-founder of EMC2 Learning, the greatest community of educators around. I hope you have had an opportunity to join us there. John and I have been doing some upgrades. We added several courses uh, this week that you can take, and they're free as you're part of your membership and we are we passed the 600 resource mark we have more on the way it is just so awesome to be part of a community of educators of doers uh and i want to thank each and every one of you that are part of it and i want to welcome each and every of you to join emc2learning.com today we are talking about print and play uh these are a type of game that I mean, like, you guys know I'm a gamer. I love games. I think playing games is awesome, something you should do with your friends and family, but also something you should do with your students, and I know that cost can be prohibitive. So I thought I'll do this session for you guys. This idea of print and play, it's going to blow your mind. There are all sorts of free or very low cost, like two bucks, three bucks, five bucks, to get a print and play that looks beautiful and all you have to do is print it off and then your students can play it. Sometimes you have to provide a dice or something like that, but pretty cheap all around. And so I thought I would tell you about some that I've done in the past. Uh, specifically, rolling rights are my favorite, but we can get into that a little later. So let's first dive into what they are and... That's simply, they are a board game or card game that you have to print and put together yourself. Again, simply, usually you need a pencil, maybe pen. You got to have a printer, print those things off. I definitely strongly suggest laminating some of those things if you think you're going to use them over and over again if you like the game. And then uh, usually it's just like I said, dice, maybe a few other pieces. But cobble together that box of stuff and then you're set for print and play. They're cheap or free. Now... First question I get from a lot of people when I tell them this, you know, at a conference is, where do you find them? And I got to tell you, two great resources. One, if you're getting into the board game world at all, it may feel overwhelming at the start, but what a great community is BoardGameGeek.com. I think it is a fantastic place for teachers to learn about games for their family as well as their classrooms. There's all sorts of groups you can join. Uh, you can get reviews on games. You can fall down the rabbit hole of games that you should add to your collection. I have hundreds of games, and I absolutely love it. It is just a great hobby to get into. My friends are loving it, and uh, my partner's loving it. So it's just it's a great time. Now, uh, let's see. The next area, next space and place you can find these things are on a website called PNP Arcade. This by no means is the collection that has every single print-and-play game, but it has a lot of print-and-play games, and one that I'm going to talk about now. Uh, Two of them that I bought recently, and that's really all I'm going to share in terms of which ones to get, but uh, Gem Getter cost three bucks. It was a little, little pricey, but this one's awesome, and you guys should get it. Your kids will love it. It's kind of Tetrisy. The theme is you're digging down into the mines to get these gems. It's super easy to understand and can play an infinite number of players. So for that three bucks and a few printouts, you only need one set of dice 
and boom, you can then play with your whole class printing off just their own sort of score sheet for them, and they're on half sheets. So one sheet of paper, good enough for two kids. You do that back, front and back sided. Now each kid can play twice this game. The game usually takes about 15, maybe 20 minutes to play. Great rainy day sort of game. Super fun. My kids have absolutely loved it. Definitely got $3 worth out of it. I, I would say I got $50 worth out of it already, and I've only owned it for a week. So Gem Gitter is a fantastic game. There's, I think, eight or nine different gems you're digging for, and each have a different scoring mechanic. And again, you're kind of tetrising in these this grid that some spots you can't go over because it's like just too hard a rock to dig through and it's not a perfect square like that you're tetrising into uh there's some sides to it that kind of go in and out and your pieces have to perfectly fit you're trying to surround some you're just trying to cover others there's no overlapping of your pieces Super simple, but super thematic. I liked this gem digging, building a mine, tunneling it out kind of mantra and the choices of which piece to place because every turn you're going to roll two dice and one dice is going to set one type of shape and another dice is going to set another type of shape. And each turn, everyone in the whole class gets to place one of those two. And so it's kind of cool. We all had that access to the same information. But what you did with that and your final score will be wildly different than mine. This produces kind of a fun, I don't know, interesting thing that everybody had that same information. And what you did and what I did was different. Um, that also shows you that kind of playability by everybody. Lastly, this game comes with eight different maps, and the rules suggest you can have everybody play on the same map, so truly it is equal. We all had access to the same information, what you did and what I did, different, different scores. Or you can even mix and match. They've supposedly made them pretty balanced, so it doesn't really matter if somebody's playing board A and I'm playing board B. But you can kind of spice it up as you wish. This was a great game. My kids loved it. Like I said, great for We had a couple rainy day indoor recesses, busted this out, and I also used it in a study hall. Lots of kids loving it. It was kind of cool. It didn't matter how many said, can I join, can I join? Because sometimes I bust out a game and I sit on the floor and like I pick three people to play and then somebody else is like, can I join? And you're like, no, this is a four-player game. And you kind of feel bad. This, come one, come all, super awesome, super epic. The next game that I'm going to talk about is a game called 12 Parsecs. It's kind of got a Star Wars theme, but kind of not. Kind of not, because that's definitely not allowed. But this this idea is you're building these ships, and you have to fuel them. You have to build them, you have to fuel them, and you have to put some cadets on them. These are the three things that you're kind of balancing. And again, this is one of those rolling rights. Anybody and everybody could do it. The, the, the rules say it plays up to 10 players, but really it wouldn't matter if more people played. Uh, you print out a few things. One, everybody gets their own ship card, you know, ship that they're filling in. And then you print out these power-ups. And I would print the power-ups on, like, cardstock, laminate them, because you're going to use those over and over and over again. The other ones, if you want to print and laminate and then let kids use dry erase marker, you only have to kind of print out a set of 15 or 20 of these cards so that everybody could play over and over again, and all you have to do is wipe it clean. Or 
You can just print a new one every time you want to play. That's your choice. Here's what happens. You roll two dice and... Or sorry, you roll three dice and everybody places those three dice on their card. What they do is they use two of them to put together to make kind of one number. Not added together, but put together. So what I mean by that is let's say I roll the six and two. The two numbers, if I was to use a six and two, the two numbers that get created is 62 and 26. I can place those in my one of my five ships or two of my five ships because I have to place both those numbers. Now in the ships, there's these boxes that have kind of a line connecting each box. And those numbers have to go in ascending or descending order. And so at the point at which I start to, let's say I'm ascending for the first four boxes, then I start descending. That's fine, but now I have to continue with that descending. It can't now go ascending. And so you're placing these, trying to fill all the things to construct the ship. All the boxes would mean that ship is constructed. But then you also have to fuel it, and you have to put cadets in it. Now that happens in another way. That third die we didn't use, you now get to cover up that many boxes in the spots where you're making cadets or fueling, those are called, uh, let me look up, fuel cells and academies. Academies make the cadets. So these aren't filled in yet. And you, you know, if I were left, if I didn't use the five, I'd get to fill in five of those boxes, helping me along the way, filling in those so I could add cadets to my ship. Interesting choices because you got those three dice. Obviously, my numbers are going to be different if I use two different numbers than you. Then there are those uh, like bonus cards that you sort of laid out. You only lay out three of those, and I think they give you 12. So each game is going to play a little different. Everybody can earn those, but once somebody earns them, they flip over, so no one else can earn it unless other people earn that same bonus at the same time. So there might be one, I think there was one that said like, if you built an entire rocket ship never using the number three and four, you could get this bonus. I think this bonus gave you three cadets, which is super awesome to have three cadets to put in your ships. Pretty awesome. Uh, but by doing so, if I got that on this turn, anybody else in the room, if I was playing with 20 people, if two or three people also got that on the same turn, then boom, all three of us can get it. But then after that, we flip it over, and in future rounds, no one can get that. And so we're going to have those three be different every game. That's kind of fun and exciting. Uh, where you place your die, how you place your die, it's super fun. You got that idea of pushing your luck, ascending, descending. When do you sort of switch the the order that you're writing these down in? Because um, it's like I said, it kind of uh, push your luck a little bit. Um, and then there's a bunch of ships. You got five ships game is over when somebody builds their third ship and and that's that uh that ends that game super fun super quick plays as many as you want and that one is free and you can get it on the pnparcade.com so definitely check out that other ones i've played in the past super dice heroes and nine lives are also a roll and write you can kind of google those and that is another one that infinite number of people can play super simple ish and super fun uh, i think these are great things to add to a class as it's cheap it's fun it plays everybody and the ones that don't play everybody because if you go on print and play 
arcade, there's definitely ones that aren't rolling right for everybody. There are some that are solo, some that are two-player, some that are card games. You can really go down this rabbit hole, maybe even have some kids sort of build out these things. If you go to a dollar store, maybe get some containers for each game. So then you start to have like on your shelf different games kids can pull out and use. I definitely give this the seal of approval and think that you guys should be adding some print and play to your lives, whether that's with your friends and family or with your classroom. Or heck, why not both? It would be a awesome time for your game group and your class. All right, everybody. That's all I got for you this week. I hope you have a great day, and I hope you play on. 